Warner Solicitors provide advice on a range of legal matters to individuals, families and businesses. The leading legal directories regularly recognise Warners as offering some of the best legal advice in the region. This series of podcasts will give you an insight into some of the legal issues that may affect you and your family. I'm Paul Harvey and welcome to the Warners Solicitors series of podcasts. I'm delighted to introduce you to Simon Garner of Warners for this podcast and we will be discussing inheritance tax and declaration of trust. Before we embark on this topic, Simon, could you describe what you do with Warners? I specialise in drafting wills and putting powers of attorney in place and also dealing with various sort of decorations and also uh, probates and, and tax planning as well. Okay, so let's start off with inheritance tax, Simon. And can we describe what is inheritance tax, please? Simply, when a person passes away, inheritance tax may be due depending on the on the value of the estate. What I mean by the estate is that uh, so that includes you know, if you own any property, any money, so that's bank accounts, investment accounts, and then also possessions. So usually the high value items, things like cars and jewellery. So that'll all be taken into consideration, and then based on the value of that, sometimes inheritance tax um, unfortunately might be payable. Okay, well, we'll come on to the kind of tax levels are concerned here, but who actually pays inheritance tax? Uh, so inheritance tax is actually paid by the personal representative. So that's under the will, that's the executors. And then uh, if there isn't a will in place, what you're what's called, uh, you, you've passed away intestate. So that would be your, your administrator of your estate. Now, sometimes I get calls from yeah, from executors in a bit of a panic saying, oh, I've, I've got this inheritance tax bill, I need to pay it. Well, what will happen more often than not is if, if it's a large estate and inheritance tax is due, the money actually paid from the estate it's just the duty of those personal representatives to pay it from the estate so um, that's usually how it, how it works if you can give us a sense of how much inheritance tax could be applicable the standard rate of inheritance tax is is 40 percent so it's it's one of our higher taxes as it were but um what will happen on, on most estates is that you can claim a number of exemptions which i'll uh, I'll, I'll talk about in a moment and there's also quite a lot of reliefs you can claim as well so whilst that figure of 40 percent sounds quite a lot uh, it can usually be whittled away and, and so on most estates tax won't actually be payable simon i'm interested to know how the last budget might have affected any changes in the inheritance tax? In the most recent budget, what's happened is the nil rate band and the, and the residence nil rate band, which I'll, I'll explain in a second, were frozen, uh, and they've been frozen until 2026. So what that means is that uh, with the nil rate band, uh, that's the first £325,000 of your estate is tax-free. That's obviously great news. And there's also what's called a, a residence nil rate band, which is £175,000, which can be claimed in certain circumstances, which is where if you have a residential property that forms part of your estate and you're passing it on to your, your children, grandchildren, who are your lineal descendants, so this is not people like cousins and uh, aunts, uncles, things like that, um, then you can claim that additional ban. That is, unfortunately, it's frozen until 2026. Hopefully that'll, that'll rise then, but unfortunately we're, we're stuck with those levels for now. Did you say unfortunately or fortunately? Unfortunately for clients, but obviously fortunately for the tax <laughs> When is inheritance tax payable? It's quite rare, actually, inheritance tax. So we, we get calls from, from clients quite often saying, oh, you know, they're worried about inheritance tax. But inheritance tax is actually only payable in about 4% of estates based on the last government statistics. The reason being for that is you know, often estates aren't worth a lot of money, but also there's, there's certain exemptions and reliefs you can claim, which um, I sort of briefly mentioned there. The main exemption I'd like to talk about is, is spouse exemption, which means that when a, an estate passes from a married couple or a civil partnership to the survivor in entirety, the estate passes tax-free, so no tax is payable there. And then on, on second death, you can then consider things like 
Neil Wright Band and the Residents Neil Wright Band, as I, as I just mentioned. So what will happen is, on second death, those allowances can also be transferred as well. So you can have a, a £325,000 allowance, £175,000 allowance of the first to pass away, and then there's also the survivor's allowance. So combined, you can have an allowance of, of up to a million pounds, which, as I said, is a lot of the reason why only 4% of estate are liable to inheritance tax, because most people's estates aren't worth a million pounds or they've claimed the spouse exemption as well um mm. there are other reliefs as well there's agricultural property relief and business relief but they're a bit more specific depending on if you own things like farmland or if you've got company shares they're not really not suitable for now to discuss we, that's something that's a bit more specialist do you think the government are anxious to increase that percentage by keeping the rate as it is it's a, a little bit of a stealth tax i think it's not rising in line with inflation as it, as it was originally planned to so as house prices go up and as inflation goes up more estates are going to be aren't going to be liable for inheritance tax unfortunately that's just how it's going to be and i said until there's economies a bit more stable the government hasn't really got any reason to to change it unfortunately if you look in areas like like tunbridge wells a lot of detached houses are almost on average around about a million pounds aren't they in in certain core areas well that's exactly it i'm based in seven oaks and uh, yeah we, we have exactly the same thing it's just unfortunate for people in this area that you know a lot of their allowances will be taken up just by their property so if they've had very successful careers and they've got monies in the bank and, and they've got inheritances then then yeah unfortunately a lot of their estates are going to be liable to inheritance tax so is there a deadline by which to pay and has covid actually sort of affected these deadlines Yes, it has to a certain extent. I mean, what will happen is when someone passes away and inheritance tax is due, there isn't necessarily a deadline, but HMRC will ask for uh, the inheritance tax to be paid by the end of the sixth month after that person passes away. Now, it's, it's not the end of the world if you, if you don't pay it by that date, but interest will be due. Fairly not a nominal rate, but still interest will be due on the um, balance of the inheritance tax. I think COVID has had a bit of an effect because, I said, with people working from home and everything you know, being a little, taking a little bit more time, and so process is not necessarily in place at the time. There has been a bit of a delay just by HMRC and certainly by the probate registry, and it's just, it's just unfortunate that things are taking a bit longer. I, th- I think they're catching up as processes have been improved, but uh, it's just something really for executives to be you know, and administrators to be aware of when someone passes away. If you think you're dealing with a large estate, then yeah, you want to try and avoid that interest if you can. And are there ways to reduce the amount of tax paid? Is that something that is part of your remit? It, yeah, it certainly is. There's three sort of main ways, really. I mean, the first one is having a will. A lot of people will say to me, oh, I, do, I just need a basic will and I've got very simple circumstances and I don't need to, you know, I don't want anything complicated, which for a lot of people is absolutely fine. It's, it's not a problem. But what we do as solicitors really is we take into account all the circumstances in your life really not only obviously whether you're in your property what your um, what your bank balances are you know obviously quite personal questions but what your family arrangements are because if you want a basic will but then for example you you've got kids from a from a first marriage and you're in a second marriage we need to put in you know we need to consider all the circumstances to make sure not only you've got the best will for you but also the one that's most tax efficient as well so that's usually the best place to start if you give at least 10 percent of your estate to charity and your estate's liable to inheritance tax you'll be charged at 36 percent rather than 40 so mm-hmm. if you've got a larger estate, that's something to consider but also in terms of those reliefs i mentioned earlier on so just making sure you claim you know if there's a spouse exemption you can claim absolutely claim it same with the nil rate band and the residents nil rate band and if they're transferable as well one way not to pay inheritance tax is to, is to make sure the value of your estate is below that million pounds if you're instead of you're a couple so one way of doing that is using your your annual three thousand pounds allowance and then there's also various other ways of doing it so if you give money to a child for their wedding but then also you can give money away as well i know there's sort of you know the, this uh, term sort of bank of 
bank of mum and dad a lot of people will, will give money to their children for things like house deposits mm. uh, which is fine but uh, if you survive more than more than seven years from the date of that gift then that won't form part of your estate so long and short of it is, is sort of spend it <laughs> is the sort of short <laughs> answer if you spend the money and you're below those allowances then you won't have an inheritance tax to pay but obviously mm. your beneficiaries will, will um, inherit less money as well Okay, there's some very uh, useful bits of information there, Simon. Thank you very much. So uh, that's about inheritance tax. And now let's come on to declaration of trust. A declaration of trust, quite simply, is a, is a legally binding document which records the financial arrangements between you know, between joint property owners and, and really anyone who's got a, a financial interest in, the, in that property. Why would I need a declaration of trust? There's a couple of ways you can own property. You can own it as joint tenants or, or tenants in common. The effect of owning it as joint tenants is that on first death, uh, so I, I keep mentioning death, apologies, but it's uh, 100% of the property will pass to the survivor. So that's sort of nice and simple. But if you, you can also own it as tenants in common, uh, which is where you each own a distinct share of the property. So it's, it's usually 50-50, but there's not really a right or wrong way of owning a property, but it, it really depends on what your circumstances are. And it's up to us as, as solicitors to advise you on what the pros and cons are of each and how best to own the property depending on, on what your situation is. When I was talking about inheritance tax, for example, if you have, for example, a, a second marriage, you, you may want to own it as, as tenants in common so that your share of the property under your will goes to goes to your children and then your mm-hmm. your partner who's got or your stepchildren, their share can go to them. So really, I mean, the purpose of it is ultimately to, to remove any uncertainty as to, to what happens to each person's sort of financial investment in that property and, and just provides a bit of clarity for everyone involved. And how much uncertainty does it cause if I don't have a trust declaration in place? It's not the end of the world, but it's more to do with everyone disputes it. The usual position is if you don't declare how you want to own a property and there's two of you, you'll own it as joint tenants. So land registry keeps it very simple. If you say you want to own it as joint tenants and say you want to own it distinct shares uh, and you don't specify, then it's or it's not clear. Uh, the default position is 50-50. So it's really depending if you've got you know, say, for example, Bank of Mum and Dad has, has given you a share and, and they want you to pay that back, then it's good to ha- you know, have something included in there. Or, for example, you know, one person's in a better financial position than the other and they say, well, I'm going to pay 75% of the mortgage or I'm going to provide a different amount of the deposit and you want to record that in there, then it's usually best to try and do that. Because if you don't, then it's, it can be a bit of a problem down the road. And should I register my declaration of trust with the land registry? Is that compulsory? It's usually best to do that. And the idea being is, you know, I said, I go back to the idea of it being certain. You want to try and have that on the title just so it's clear for everyone involved, not not just you, but anyone anyone buying the property. What will happen in, in practice is that your solicitor will put what's called a restriction on the title, which will be nice bold lettering. It'll say restriction. It'll say very sort of convoluted language, essentially, that this property can't be sold without the consent of both owners for example there's often other restrictions in there so there'll, there'll be something for like a, a mortgage uh, or if you need you know, it's leasehold you'll need consent of the freehold owner but there'll be something on the title that says something to that effect so it's, it's usually best to do that and your solicitor should advise you of that when you purchase the property and can a declaration of trust be overturned or challenged by anybody it can be but it's, it's very difficult we done through the courts and it's avoidable if possible. What we usually suggest, and, and we also suggest this with wills, is that you review your paperwork every sort of, I think between sort of three and five years. The reason being is because what may suit you now might not suit you in the future. I had that with clients fairly recently where they said they put a declaration of trust in, in place 20 years ago because they, they just got married and so there were very specific circumstances and they were looking at it again and we thought, hold on, we've, we've been together 20 years and we don't really need this anymore. Let's just own it as joint tenants. We know what we want to do and they were absolutely fine with that. So again, it, it depends on going back to whatever suits your circumstances really.
I suspect clearly you need to use a solicitor to draw up a declaration of trust. And of course, Warners are very experienced in that exercise. Whether you need a solicitor is much the same as you know, drafting a will. These are things that you can do, but it's a case of you want to make sure that they're right. So I've often been sent documents by potential clients saying, oh, can you look at it? Can you review it? And I said, sometimes these documents are, are okay, but there'll be issues that they haven't considered. So we look to consider all the circumstances involved, you know, involved that you know, we use all, our, you know, all the experience that, we, that we've gained over the years and just make sure that the documents are, are most suitable for you and they're executed and, most importantly, they're valid as well so that they're worth the paper they're written on. Simon, what's the best way for people to contact you if they want more information? So the best way is to, you know, the call reception. So that number is 01732-770-660. Or alternatively, we have uh, an inquiry form on the website. So if you put in all your details, it's there. So name, email address, phone number, and there'll be a little message section at the bottom. And you can put that for my attention. And then um, I'll be happy to help. Thank you very much. I've been with Simon Garner of Warner's Solicitors. And we've been talking about inheritance tax and declaration of trust. Thank you for listening to this Warner Solicitors podcast. To find out more about our expert legal teams and the advice and services they deliver for both individuals and businesses, please go to warners-solicitors.co.uk.